welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Colin. And I'm Notch. This week we bring you Winning Wenger, Losing Lions, Terrific Toronto, and the Nasty New York Cosmos. I have a problem, guys. Really now? Yeah. You? No. Uh, hey, <laughs> come on now. Jeez. I mean, I was agreeing with you. Feigned surprise. I was agreeing with you. I said you? No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, well the way I said my... it wasn't the nicest, but I'm agreeing with you, Notch. Getting Wink. back to my problem. Getting back to my problem. I don't know how to open the show this week. I've, I've been trying to think, like, what should is there some sort of question I can ask you? I wanted to say best musical, but we did that already. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wanted to say something about how long you guys have been on the show, but we did that already. Uh, congratulations. You've now yeah. been on the show longer than Jeff has. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, Mr. Cat, you added some fanfare in at this point. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. We, could, we do have a new producer yeah. who's been producing our last couple of episodes. Mr. Cat, my cat. Who now has his own Instagram? It's Mr. Underscore Cat Underscore The Underscore Cat. So Mr. Cat The Cat. So go follow that if you like cute cat pictures. And you know what? It just just follow it anyway because the world needs more merriment right now, and Mr. Cat is full of it. Yeah, and he ed- edits podcasts. What what more can you want? He's got these little kitty turntables as well, so he makes like <laughs> little DJ mixes every now and then. If you need a picture of him with like headphones on. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I should do that for tomorrow's Catstagram post. Uh, he's he's pretty awesome. I like my new cat. But uh, I think before we we turn this into a cat podcast, because that would entirely happen. I a would spend cast right. I would spend the entire one hour talking about my cat. I think before we, that happens, we should turn to our first segment, which we call Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC and everything they've been up to for the past week, which is. Beating up on, on some cats. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's not the best way to put that, but I thought it was a nice headway, but also kind of a... You know what? They, they beat Orlando. You know, honestly, right. there are worse ways that you could put it, but um, yeah, Minnesota United <laughs> 1-0 win over Orlando City. Um, I got to be honest, unimpressive victory. Why do you say that? It just felt like nobody was necessarily playing that great... Um, things were a little bit disjointed offensively, and yet Minnesota still won with a very nice goal by Christian Ramirez. We're, if you looked at last week's game against Los Angeles Galaxy, we over, outplayed them. We had more shots on target. We had more corners. We had more everything except for goals. Mm-hmm. Kind of the opposite in this game. I, I think, think, I I think mean, we're even in the right. like, karma standings. So for, first off, Kakao wasn't there. Uh, playing for Orlando. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know why he was gone? Um, he apparently had a knock in the previous game, and they figured a game on turf might not be the best for I, him because I, old and stuff. I really wanted to yell at him about Istanbul, but... That, that's what I was going to say, is basically yeah. the anniversary of Istanbul made him really sad, so he yeah. was just crying mm-hmm. uh, at home. But Orlando came out of the gate really freaking strong. They had a bunch of great shots early, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of which were on goal. Bobby Shuttleworth called in to make some huge saves. Uh, third clean sheet as a loon. Um, fantastic saves. Molino also out uh, ill for Minnesota. Uh, Jones- Except he wasn't actually sick. He was just ill, man. They were like, <laughs> Kevin Molino, you're too damn cool to be on our team now. He walked in with like three pop collars and like <laughs> and like flat rooms going every which way. Like, you're too ill. You have to go home. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did but, he have a license for it though? Oh, that might be why he was, he was sent home. Right, exactly. Maybe. He did not have a license. Still in without a license. Right. Uh, Ishjom uh, started in his place. Uh, he was well, fine. He, he, he did fine. Uh, Which is an improvement. Yeah. Created a, uh, our best chance of the first half with a nice lofted ball to Ramirez, who promptly shot the ball straight at uh, Bendik. <clears throat> there you go. Okay. No, no, no. Do that again. Do that again, please. Shot it Mr. Cat, Mr. Cat, are we ready to edit out that last <laughs> part? Okay, thank you, thank you. Go for it. Uh, lots of, nice off the ball to Ramirez, who shot a straight at Bendik. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Which, oh. by the way, uh, Boo Boy, better than Bendik, <laughs> is the uh, Twitter official Twitter hashtag of this game. Where Have you guys seen how Minnesota United sometimes has like... Bobby, then the like no entry sign, or it's like B no entry, O no entry. It's just like Boo Boy. <laughs> I think they've changed I, it I'm, to just uh, the O B and a do not enter sign, right? So, yeah, or the Ghostbuster sign without the ghost. Um, <laughs> That's a way better way to describe <laughs> that emoji. Yeah, but I like the Dark Clouds uh, tweet where it was Bobby with the O as a Ghostbuster sign without the ghost, better than uh, Ben eight point emoji. Ah, yeah. You mean the penis emoji? Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, okay. that's that's the one. All right, let's get back to it. Cronin gives up a ball late in the first half to give Rivas a golden chance that he, thankfully for us, knocks into the post. Yeah, thankfully, it was Carlos Rivas. Yeah. Rivas is going to Rivas. He's going to shoot the ball either 5,000 yards over the goal or he's going to come so close. You're like, how did he miss that? Oh, yeah, it's Carlos Rivas. Yeah, it could have very easily been a couple of goals for Orlando oh, absolutely. in the first half. We come back the in the second half. Ramirez knocks in the ball for a goal. Uh, wonderful play. Uh, Ibsen, uh, ball to Venegas, who kind of just flicks the ball one time with the outside of his right foot. Um, Ramirez onside, okay? There's been a lot of debate online, a lot of salt in the Orlando uh, subreddit. He was onside. Mm-hmm. Perfect run by Ramirez. Uh, he beats Bennett to the ball, and Bennett kind of, kind of clips him. Um Pitch out of defender. If it hadn't been a goal, it would have been a penalty. It would have been a penalty. Yeah, they apparently, um, after the game, said that it was call as an advantage. So, Uh, pitch out of defender and passes it in the back of the net. Into the invisible guy at the back of the net, who is the best player on every single team. Because when he gets the ball uh, enough, you win. Yeah. Also, by the way, Ibsen at this point now has... I mean, he's brought it, right? Like, I mean, there's nothing left for him to bring. I mean, no. he is what? Best player on our team at this point? I, um, I think he's the most important player on our team. Yeah. He may not be the important, best talented. Yeah. I think Valino, I think, is our best, honestly. But I, I would, Ibsen, the ball runs through him. Goes from the defense to Ibsen, and he uh, plays point guard practically and sends the ball up. And, and, and this, yeah, yeah, it's this so important. goal, what last like two or three goals, he's been instrumental to helping score those. Mm-hmm. And in this game, he also had some great defensive plays as well, including one which earned him what the traffic cone award this past uh, the week. The golden cone, uh, which is the best, uh, best skill. ridiculous skill of the week. Um, basically, uh, Ibsen and Calvo are going to release their own and one Mitch tape. That's dropping later this week, I think. And Ibsen, it is super hot fire, by the way. <laughs> slides, slide tackles, uh, defend, or defender, um, outside of our own box, and then does like a 480 degree spin on the ground, like just a b boy from the 80s, <laughs> and sends three Orlando players the wrong way as he moves upfield towards their goal. 
There's pretty much some people frantically going on Reddit and deleting comments from two years ago where they were like, Ibsen, what? This guy's complete garbage, guys. Well, no, he was, he was good two years ago, and then he was less good last year. I, no, I mean, what happened to Ibsen, when he first came in, he was a huge letdown. Then he got hurt, if you remember, early. And when he came back from his injury, he was pretty good. And then he kind of maintained his mediocre form through his NESL days. And then it's this year that he's really kind of risen to the level that he's playing at. I think it's he makes his teammates better. Yeah. And in NASL, it can only make them so much better. When, he, when he's putting passes in spots that he thinks the, the players should be, uh, MLS-level players are getting to those spots. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing probably at the same level he has as NASL. It's just people around him are better. So he is his passes are connecting. His mm-hmm. attacking moves that he's seen in his head are being played out in front of him on the field. Yeah, I think it's it's mainly the, the pace around everyone else the ability for them to match up with him he relies on um yeah he's he's definitely excelled this year yeah uh calvo wins team of the week honors for another solid defensive performance um his first mls team of the week honors he's been fantastic the past few weeks uh in the back four for minnesota he also had a nice skill move where he tackles a player and then the roulettes around another orlando player and moves the ball up the pitch and so. then proceeded to take the ball into the corner to waste time which let's just say this center backs should not be marauding all the way down to the opposite corner flag <laughs> but it, <laughs> it worked out it, it worked <laughs> something that did not work was a terrible tackle that sam cronin had which has led to him being uh, what's the right suspended word? for a game suspended that's he, the word uh, for a game when studs high on a PC damaged the PC all PC could do was go error 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 the rest of the game blue screen of <laughs> yeah. death <laughs> um, uh, wasn't a red card on during the game but reviewed by this, this one committee um, he'll be set out for next game look for Colin Warner probably slide in for him um, he's been good in his sub appearances um, let's see if he didn't play a full 90 again all right. Yep. Well, another piece of news from Minnesota this week is that Sam Nicholson from Scotland is in Minnesota to meet with the team. From Hearts of Midlothian. Yes, it's actually Heart of Midlothian. There you go. But if you want to like nickname them, like their official nickname is Hearts. It's uh, very and their confusing. unofficial nickname is Jambos. <laughs> Which is even more awesome. Yes, it is. Did I imagine this or did Adrian Heath say that Ish Jom and Colin Martin are probably going to go off on loan soon? No, um, that was indeed that. something that happened. We do need more depth. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel more comfortable having more depth on the bench than before we send out our two, right now our two attack eight options off the bench on loan. Maybe one Schuler and Tadri did back from injury. Um, Colin Martin did make his... Uh, Minnesota debut in a sub appearance this past game, and I actually I don't know if this was intended as a Twitter question for us. Um, at MJ Matsui asked two questions. One of them, Colin Martin finally got pitch time. Your thoughts? He didn't really do anything, but he didn't really have a chance to do anything. So good for him. Yeah, I mean he didn't screw up in some big way, which is yeah, which is, he was yeah. solid. He's playing on the right wing, which I don't think is his natural position. Yeah, so. he's he's much more of a central midfielder. Yeah. So if you're out of position and you still come in late in games and mm-hmm. don't screw yeah. up, then yeah, you're fine. He's probably more, he's probably better in an eight or even a ten sometimes. Johan Venegas and Francisco Calvo are off to the Costa Rican national team. Molino and Jermaine Taylor will depart after the upcoming game at SKC. 
Good to see that the Trinidad and Tobago team don't need Molino right away. We can we can hold on to him for one game. Hopefully he plays. Yeah, uh, yeah, he should. He's I think he's their best player. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also that if I remember right, they don't have a friendly coming into World Cup qualifiers, so they were able to right. hold him out. Um, that said, Caldo I think is probably going to be the biggest loss out of all of these. Um, do we expect that Jermaine Taylor is going to, um, I hate to say it, come into the back four? He's better. He's in, when he's t- come in, he's played better at center back than he I ever did at right Joe back. Greenspan still. I'd, I would love to see Without seeing Joe Greenspan Greens- play, though, at MLS, I'm a little hesitant. Putting him in as, as playing against SKC away, that's a risky move. But I don't know. I've, from what I've seen about Jermaine Taylor, like... He, Sure, he's okay as a sub, but he did save a goal when he played Kansas City at True. home. True, but yeah, I think the biggest issue is that when you are lacking the pace that Caldo has, you know, Coleman is is a very capable, just clears it out sort of defender. Um, but Caldo has the the speed to match up a lot better. Greenspan obviously doesn't have as much pace, but he's faster than Jermaine Taylor. So I would love to see Greenspan in there. I would guess it's going to be Taylor Mm -hmm. just because. We also heard some big stadium news this week. The uh, stadium bill essentially has gone into law. Yeah, so uh, the long and short of it is that uh, Governor Mark Dayton had a uh, midnight tonight deadline to either sign or veto um, all of the bills that came to his desk in the special session. Um, For the tax bill that included all of the Minnesota United Stadium provisions, um, he is not signing it, but by failing to take action on it, it automatically becomes law. Yeah. So construction should start June or July, according to Dr. Bill McGuire. Yeah. Brian Corsett has a very good um, wrap up of this on 55.1. Check it out because it will, first, it'll blow your mind with how complex it is. But second, it will inform you. Yeah, let's hope the stadium is built in right quick time. Next up, let's move to a segment that we call the Major Listing Service, where we discuss MLS and all its games from the past week and deals, which is one of the first things that we need to talk about is that Javier Little P. Chicarito Hernandez, apparently salary demands are too high for MLS to meet. Yeah, apparently um, some of the very early negotiations with LAFC uh, were not going too well. Did I see right that about $10 million per year is the figure, maybe a little bit less? I'm not too surprised. He's playing at a top lead in top European lead right now with the Bundesliga with uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, why would he want to come to Los Angeles FC? If he's playing well in the top lead, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. yeah like- I, I hope if they don't sign him for that much or even half that. That'd be insane. I mean, if if... LAFC wants to spend that much money on a really good player, go for it. But I think you could spend that money 
a little more wisely. I think they also announced this week that they've sold out their what is it their boxes and their special yeah their seating. premium seats exactly. or something like that. So yeah, so they're not gonna I don't think struggle for getting people no. through the door. It seems like so why spend ten million dollars? Although if they do find attendance is flagging, then okay, spend the ten million, go get Chikorito, and you will have a stadium full of people every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the foreseeable future. All right, let's jump into the midweek games. First, we saw Chicago Fire beating FC Dallas 2-1. Brandon Vincent crosses it to Nikolic. Nemanja himself, hearing Colin's criticism last weekend, or last week's pod, saying for his weekend game, and coming back and saying, uh, screw you, Mr. Colin. (laughs) I mean, he was garbage in that one game, but... It was more that he just had a garbage game, I guess. I have a listener of the pod, Imani Nikolic, just wants you to know that uh, I always believed in you. So, uh, yeah. Reverse psychology before we go and play (laughs) Chicago. (laughs) You'll just hit the post seven times. (laughs) Uh, Poor defending in the box leads to Dallas tying up in the sixth minute. And then David Tom finishes the scoring of the entire game in the eighth minute. Chicago wins two to one. Yeah, I mean. What? Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I can't believe how fast the scoreline was finalized in this game. Yeah, I can't believe how little happened after the ninth minute. Yeah, I went and watched the highlights of this game. It has three highlights that go through the ninth minute, and then they jump to the fifty-third minute of the game. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just like basically about in the ninth minute, the video director was like, "Yeah, nothing better can top this at this point. Let's no, just, just, get, yeah. just turn off the feed. It's all good." Uh, speaking of things that topped that game's experience. Toronto FC shot five goals past the crew. And I just want to point something out at this point. Since April 28th, Toronto FC going through this weekend has played eight games. That's That's a lot of games. That's a whole lot of games. That's almost an average of four days per game. Yeah. Last week, they played a game on Friday. May 19th, Tuesday, May 23rd, Friday, May 26th, and then Wednesday, May 31st. What the hell? Um, yeah, I, I mean, know. for starters, um, Canadian Championship. Right, I mean, is, okay, okay. When it they, it does include, MLS. yeah, it includes teams a lot earlier in the U.S. Cup. We, we, we will t- also we talk about their game against the Fury where they played only one of their regular starters, but that's still a game where you got to get players ready. Your coach has got to be on the sidelines. It, it's disruptive, and it's nuts that, that, that this team has been expected, essentially. And even if you go back into April, you will still see that their uh, schedule is pretty clogged. So two things come to mind. Number one, Bradley's whining earlier uh, in the month. Uh, completely appropriate. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> and number two, they're still winning. What the hell? And winning five nothing. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. When Greg Vanny said that they are the deepest team in MLS history, he might have been correct. In this game, I don't. Uh, I know Josie and uh, Jay Winter didn't play. I'm like eighty percent sure that Bradley didn't play. That's three of your like. Top paid players, top paid players, even in the league. That's three that of your playing. top three players. <laughs> uh, that is your three top, top players. Um, and they still won 5 nothing, which is insane. Especially if they had a man sent off late and scored two goals after that. 
It's just like, you know, Greg Vanny was like, hey guys, listen, um, look, we're, this game is too easy. You go do some stupid foul right now. I need, we need to even, e- level we, it we up. We need a challenge. Our, our, our crowds are going to get bored. They're going to stop coming to games if we don't give them some sort of a fight. Um, I, I wish Minnesota would win 5-0 so I can get bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, 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 Greg Vanny's a huge Formula One fan. He used to watch Ferrari in the early 2000s, you know, seasons of domination. He was like, yeah, before it gets to this point, we need to level it off. Nick Rogers also a fan. Uh, he decided, you know, if we keep if we start with a winning team uh, in MLS, it'll, it'll, people will be too complete. Where's the narrative? There's no narrative. <laughs> it, does that make Minnesota Toro Rosso? Oh God, damn it! Don't, don't, I don't, don't know don't enough about Formula One to get in this conversation. Oh, all right, let's talk about the weekend's <laughs> games. The Cascadia Derby, uh, Seattle one, Portland zero. Did they fight and win? <laughs> They did. They did fight and win. Oh, God. Fight and uh, win, guy. Christian Roldan. American treasure. What? <laughs> Christian Roldan scores the only goal of the game. Um, off a corner. Headed over by Chad Marshall while being bear-hugged by uh, Zarek Valentin. Literally, had, he had his arms around his chest as they were like about the Titanic. And just hits Roldan's head and bounces past the goalkeeper. What the hell is up with Portland's attack? Uh, they're not good at the moment. Uh, Valeri looks off. Adi looks like he was in a trance for the f- entire first half. I mean, a while back, this was said to be one of the best attacking teams in the league. That is yeah. after they've played Minnesota. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do think a lot of it, too, is that Nagby and Valeri both were in and out of the squad due to injuries. Maybe it's that they're getting used to playing together again, but then again, it's it's just the individual performances are lacking right yeah. now. Uh, Liam Ridgewell had a, probably the best chance of the game for Portland where uh, there was a free kick or a corner. Uh, was headed over across the box to him at the far post, and he was wide open, and it hit his face and went out of bounds. They, uh, the commentator had just a beautiful, beautiful line right after that where he said, I think he prefers those kind of balls on his head. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Random commentator guy. Yes, he does. Thanks, Stu Holden. I appreciate that. Vancouver Whitecaps 0, DC United 1. A massive dive by Jose Ortiz. I mean, essentially, right. it was a sniper in the crowd. Who yeah. Hit him, and he just fell over, gives DC the penalty. Uh, and then to basically turn insult into injury, Christian Duchera misses a penalty in the very last minute of added time. Uh, Vancouver also hit the woodwork four times in this game. And uh, Waston for uh, Vancouver, who committed the penalty in air quotes for those who are listening, um, bash the refs and say how ter- terrible a call it was. Because it was. He takes two yeah. steps, feels uh, arm or hand on his back and goes... Throws his arms in the air and falls to the ground. <laughs> it's rare that I agree with Kendall Waston, but yeah. I mean, yeah. he's right, but at the same time, you had four shots on the post and you missed a penalty. So, Well, that was one of the shots on the post. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's like what... I mean, there's, there's a joke in, in the... Oh, not joke. Uh, kind of like the anecdote in the West Wing where the Catholic priest is telling the president about this guy who's in a flood and then basically the, the guy is saying uh, to every person who comes and tries to rescue him, God will save me. And uh, the at the end, the, he goes to heaven and God tells him, well, I sent you a, a guy in a helicopter, a guy in a rowboat, a guy with a rope to come and help you. And you said, no, that's essentially what happened to you. Yeah, the ref screwed up, but you had every single chance to get that one goal back. Side note, 
that was Carl Malden. Yes, and that was. was a fantastic episode. Yeah, Dave I mean, the Sabbath Day, early aren't Western. Aren't they all? Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, first three uh, seasons. First four and a half seasons, let's say. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, moving along to RSL winning against Philadelphia Union, which is, uh, that's, that's kind of nuts, guys. What? Petki um, sweaters get their power back? Um... um. I mean, it was a 1-0 victory, granted against a hot Philadelphia team, but... Okay, it's that's also the, just we're just going from like weird statement to another weird statement. RSL winning, hot Philadelphia. I mean, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, so yes, it's it going to be hot there. That's very true. And I mean, have you ever had a cold Philly cheesesteak? <laughs> I mean, it's still delicious, but it's... Yeah, what's the problem with that? Yeah. Right, right, right. right. It's still a Philly cheesesteak. I'm gonna put it in my mouth. No, I uh, eat it. I, I'm just saying you you'll never. Now I'm like yeah. imagine you like David Hasselhoff with the burger on the floor <laughs> style eating a cold Philly cheesesteak. Ah, ah, ah. Wait, why am I trying in this situation? Because it's so good. Is that yeah. why? <laughs> By the way, guys, Wiz or provolone? A oh, provolone all the way. Oh no! No, yeah, no. You must have provolone on, on there. man. It's delicious. Have you watched Creed? No. That's how they do that on Creed. Okay. Also, great movie. It's great movie. Be West. Yeah. All right. Incredible goal line clearance by Aaron Mon after a missed clearance by the RSL keeper on Fudu Fafa. Just that was a goal snatched away in the last second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jao Plata scores his first of the season for uh, Real Salt Lake. Unless you said that already. I forgot. I did not. No, <laughs> okay, no I did not. <laughs> Mr. Cat, edit on post. Cool. Mortuna. <laughs> More t- okay, more tuna. Got it. Got it. Red Bull New York beat New England 2-1. Fagundes draws a penalty and win. Fires home for New England. And then Cody Cropper. Man, he give it and then he take it away. Oh boy, did he. An absolute... A, a great save on an absolute thunder bastard from some Red Bull player. I don't remember the name of... Uh, going top corner and leaps up, saves it. Bounces up and over the net. And then like later in the game, he goes to collect the ball... And apparently he ate a jelly sandwich and it squirted out and BW pay back heels it in because he can only store now when his back is to the goal. By the way, is Cody Cropper not really such a great keeper? Because he, he's made a lot of mistakes so far this year. I didn't count three or four really bad mistakes, including this one. Right. So I, I they gave up Bobby. I think we won the like... Keeper shuffle when it came to New England. The keeper shuffle or the keeper shuttle? Ooh. Yeah. Makes you think, doesn't it? Red Bull's second goal was a cross that got literally sent across the entire box for an easy tap in, which that seems to be like the like quintessential MLS goal that I've been seeing since the beginning of this year. The ball going past like eight defenders, four attackers before it inevitably <laughs> reaches the one guy who just happens to be in its path and who knocks it in. Yeah. It, bad marking in the box, bad marking in the box is uh, basically the hallmark of bad MLS defending. Yes, yeah. it is. Colorado 1, SKC 0, Colorado Rapids beating Sporting Kansas City. Not a headline you would have written a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, Tony Ford uh, scores his first ever MLS goal in his rookie year. Um, the home drum defender heads it in off a corner in the 10th minute. Um Espinoza was sent off for Kansas City and will miss the match against Minnesota. 
And Tim Howard was happy because he didn't score down, and he was like hugging everybody. Which <laughs> I think everyone's like, "What are you? What, what are you doing? Oh, he's oh, it's just it's just a hug. Okay, okay, okay. and it's over. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh thank God. I mean, <laughs> I'm still alive. If I saw like a giant, giant bearded dude with like basically a shaved head just walking down in a dark alley, I wouldn't get a hug from him. I, I'd be like, I, I'm, I'm just gonna walk. Yeah, I'm missing out on some primo hugs, man. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah like, I definitely hug him. Like, oh, I'm Tim Howard. I'm gonna, I'll be over. I'm just gonna over over here, over here. I'm right. running, running away. <laughs> <laughs> San Jose two, LA Galaxy four. If there's one goal, you're, or one goal, one game you're gonna go back and watch on MLS Live, make it this one. Except for the fact that. It had the Univision announcers. Oh, yeah, so Facebook Live. Yeah, I, yeah, I would not actually watch it on mute. Yeah, listen to music watch it on while mute. You watch yeah, it. Um, listen to this while you watch it. It's yeah. gonna be great. Five goals in the first half, which ends two to three for LA in the lead. San Jose taking the lead first. Galaxy gets the next two goals, then San Jose, and then LA all in the first half, dude. Giovanni dos Santos ends this game with two goals. One's a penalty, but the second goal actually gets nominated for goal of the week. Great cross from Alessandrini. Fantastic cross. Yeah. yeah. Um, another cross by uh, San Jose player Tommy Thompson, also Wisconsin governor when I was in elementary school. Good <laughs> um, cross to... Um, oh, what was his name? I totally forgot his name. Anyway, good cross. Um, Just some guy. <laughs> Hosen. Just a guy from the crowd. Hosen. <laughs> it was a cross to Hosen in the box. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, good to see Tommy Thompson play a full ninety for San Jose and finally get some a run out after so many years of being the next big thing for U.S. soccer. You know, one one organization that I wish would stop being the next big thing is Atlanta, who got a three-one <laughs> win over NYCFC. Hey, guess what? Almiron he scored again. Woohoo! Yeah, he scored twice. He scored twice. This again. is my excited face for he him. He was Player of the Week again. Great. I, uh. Honestly, uh, two good goals, um, but I think Julian Dressel really played better than Almiron because he traded those goals with his, with his pace and his tenacity. Mm-hmm. Um, Almiron basically just had to put into an open net. For yeah, a easy goal. peasy. You could do it. Yeah, totally I could. <laughs> sure. Let's never test that out, Notch, because it totally didn't happen. Uh, Tito Vialba stores a goal around the Almiron sandwich. So <laughs> Almiron, Vialba, Almiron, all in the first... Like all in like ten minutes. Yeah, like, by the twenty third minute, they have they were, Atlanta was up three nil. Yeah, yeah, and it was like nil nil at like ten minutes. It's yeah. crazy. It was like seventy first minute. Jack Harrison gets a a very nice goal. Um, another one just off of a fantastic cross. And was it Healy that was like a little bit of life in there for NYCFC? <laughs> And then no, no, yeah. just, just he's no. saying a little bit of life as Jack Harrison is jogging back with the ball in his arms, like oh, I just wanted to get out of Atlanta right now. It <laughs> sucks. And they kept so late, later here. in the game too. They were still I talking hate like peaches. Man, if if NYCFC just get their second, they'll be just fine. I'll be okay. No, no, they didn't get that second goal. One other game: FC Dallas zero, Houston zero. Some great saves from Jesse Gonzalez, Jesse Gonzalez, and Tyler Derrick. But not a whole lot else in this game ends again nil nil. I think it was a Guardian article that asked if MLS has a Texas problem shortly after this. 
I think they were more asking America about, might, you know, I don't know about Yeah. I, I mean, in general, I have a Texas problem. The fact that their barbecue is not in my stomach. But beyond that, that I, mean, I mean. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Stomach. Yeah. yeah really like, should. like, I should just have lifetime privileges in the front of the line at Franklin's all the time. Let's just do a food podcast from here on out. Okay, yeah. I mean, cat podcast, food podcast. We've also come up with some TV show podcasts in the past. I think we've got a lot of ideas, guys. If we just start a Two United Fans network and quit all of our jobs and start all these podcasts, we'll be just fine, right? All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and discuss this great idea that I've just had. And then we'll come back with the rest of the world's soccer news. Guys, I have, a, I have a problem. What's your problem, Caleb? I don't know how to bring this in from the break. What? I was having similar <laughs> problems before. What is this like? I think, I think it's contagious. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we should just like can it over here, end the podcast right now, come back next week once we've got some good like segues and intros planned. Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing for the Ronald drop tonight, so whatever. Um, or you know what we could do? Or do you not have any? Or do you have something? That is what something who's had a conspiracy theory in their head would say, because they wouldn't want to yeah. admit it right away. <laughs> so, yeah, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky call. Yeah. yeah. All right, with that, let's move into a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about the rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid that does not involve MLS. First bit of news, Cosmos Country has dropped their coverage of the New York Cosmos. When this piece of news first came out it was uh, uh, an article penned by louise and nick from cosmos country essentially just saying that they wanted to continue going to games but that they were ending their coverage some cryptic hints that something had happened with them falling out with the cosmos later on the evidence of what had actually happened coming through dave martinez formerly of empire of soccer who pointed to some things that louise had said about the cosmos trip to south saudi arabia and then the Cosmos front office's response to that uh, was essentially reaching out directly to Luis to criticize his comments. And this was Cosmos owner Rocco Camiso calling at 3 a.m. Saudi time to have his uh, someone at the front office, Joe Perone, call Luis. And the quote uh, there was... Uh, part of what he said was something like, if you want to talk about this on the podcast, you'll see what happens. Louis very graciously saying on Empire of Soccer, or when he was quoted, uh, this is not a threat, um, or rather his, his exact quote is, his words put me off, I'm not sure I felt threatened, I will say I was surprised. I think we can safely say that I would not be surprised if someone did perceive that as a threat. I would almost be surprised if you didn't perceive it as a threat, because... That's exactly what somebody says when they're threatening you. Especially a guy named Rocco. <laughs> Rocco! <laughs> I mean, he's got an entire montage of him, like, uh, you know, preparing to beat up people. So, you know, um, this is Bush League stuff on the Cosmos front office. You're not exactly the most popular team in the country as it is. Uh, you're not the most kind of beloved team in the country as it is. You don't have the most coverage as it is and then you chase away two guys by the way awesome dudes i've met louise he is just one of the best people on the planet you chase them away from the great coverage that they've been providing for several years fantastic coverage uh great access to the club 
Um, great articles to put in other podcasts is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's just a huge loss, it's, not just for the yeah, Cosmos, for it's, NASL. Yeah, it's all positive. Uh, for the most part, it's all positive uh, news and feedback from the this is Cosmos Country about the Cosmos, kind of promoting their brand even more in uh, the podcast world and in, uh, on the internet. And I think it's highlighted with the really classy way that Luis and Nick posted and saying, you know, we're shutting this down. We still support the team. We still support Geo. This is the sort of thing where, you know, if I heard from Dr. Bill McGuire saying, I don't like how you're talking about Minnesota United on the podcast. If I felt even remotely threatened, I would sell my season tickets and I would be picketing the TCF Bank Stadium afterwards. You know, the fact that they're still willing to at least support the players, support the coach, support the product on the field, I think speaks volumes to them and even in more stark contrast shows how ridiculously awful this move was by the front office. These are guys who raised money for Cosmos staff who were furloughed last year when all the crap with the team went down. So, I mean... Good guys getting the short end of the stick by their team. Um, just terrible all around. Bodes badly for the Cosmos, who, by the way, have been embroiled in some controversy with the fact that uh, during their Saudi trip, some people were tweeting about Salah Sports, one of their players. I forget exactly which uh, I one. Was Richie Ryan? I think it was Richie Ryan yeah. as well. Tweeting hashtag Salah Sports or at Salah Sports or something. He involved Salah Sports in one of his tweets. Seller Sports technically was told to have sold the team. This was the old ownership group. So what the heck are they doing involved in the Cosmos trip to Saudi Arabia this year? So that that was some of the kind of controversy. So why, in the midst of all that, bring even more attention to yourself by by, uh, kind of going after journalists? It's very stupid stuff. Anyway, moving along to other uh, quick NASL news. Francesco Totti, according to 55.1, has received an offer from Miami FC, it remains to be seen if he will end his career having been probably the greatest one club man in history. Which or, I hope he does. I honestly. think a lot of people would hope that he does. Or whether he will continue on with Miami FC. He's already told, he's already quoted as saying that he does want to continue playing. He quintessential guy who seems afraid of retirement. Even though Roma has a, offered him a role as an executive and he could probably walk into any coaching staff in Italy if he wants to. That's saying something. I mean, you know, I get that you want to keep playing. I get that you want to prove that you still have something in the tank. But retiring to Miami is not kind the of way cliche. that you do that. Yeah. Right. Moving along, FC Edmonton actually came into the headlines for some of the worst reasons possible. Well, actually, there are much worse reasons possible. Some of the saddest reasons possible. Let me put it that way. D11.ca reporting that FC Edmonton had to split into two caravans to get to Puerto Rico to play them. The 5,600-kilometer-long trip is apparently so difficult to plan that the group had to leave in, in two to catch flights, some of them flying from Minneapolis to, or from Edmonton to Minneapolis to New York to Puerto Rico, and the next group on the next day flying uh, between Edmonton, Minneapolis, and Puerto Rico. And then after that, they're going to be heading to New York to play that game that the Cosmos rescheduled from when they uh, traveled to Saudi Arabia. From personal experience, I'm surprised that they're able to even find anything from Minneapolis to Puerto Rico because I had to 
transfer for Atlanta. So, yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Ottawa Fury beat Toronto FC 2-1. We mentioned this briefly before. This was in the Voyagers Cup, the Canadian Championship. Toronto FC playing only one regular start of Justin Morrow. No designated player. So not a huge surprise that Fury is able to pull out the win. But TFC still had taken the halftime lead here. Ottawa leveled the game on the penalty and then Tucker Hume scored the winner. Attendance a low 7,000 people in Ottawa because the Ottawa Senators were playing an important hockey game at the same is, time. Is that low for Ottawa? That seems, compared to last year in NASL, it seems high. Low when you consider that an MLS team came right. to town. And this right. was this was the analysis again on the11.ca from okay. Steve Sandor. San Antonio FC and USL is tied with the 1996 LA Galaxy for the best start to a season through the first 11 matches in the modern, quote-unquote, modern US era of uh, gameplay. Some news also out of Omaha relating to USL guys. Yeah, so Gary Green, the guy who is the controlling owner of the city's AAA baseball team, is apparently spearheading a bid for a USL team. Potentially by 2019 is kind of what their target date is. Um, The word also is that USL has been really aggressively scouting Omaha out, um, in part because they look to Omaha as one of the key pieces to create a central conference, splitting the league into three conferences instead of two, uh, basically making it a little more logistically feasible to travel between away games. It's... At this point, I mean, I'm starting to think at what point is USL too big? Or is 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 a regional... I mean, essentially what's happening is it's becoming a regional league structure. Is that the future of the second division? Uh, I think the short answer is yes, it's the future. Um, it's, it's hard to see a full national league at the sort of scale like MLS, for instance, mm-hmm. with the amount of cities that could feasibly have a D2 league, but not necessarily, or a D2 team, but not necessarily have a MLS team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can't make it to the USL, may I suggest this other league called the NASL <laughs> with eight teams, only eight. You could be the ninth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, moving along to some less uh, amusing, I guess, news or less good news. Houston, Houston Dash player Rachel Daly collapsed during an NWSL match. Yeah, so um, the Houston match was, I think, picked up for the uh, lifetime game of the week. Unfortunately, it also happened to be in Houston at a time where the temperatures were going to be at least in the 90 degree range with high humidity very high humidity um so rachel daly uh collapsed during the game um her mother tweeted shortly afterwards that um it was just dehydration exhaustion um that there weren't any more serious health concerns uh, but this definitely sparked off a a firestorm among NWSL players, basically saying you need to make sure that you're not making really unsafe decisions just because your TV partners want to air a specific game. You know, 
having a game at four o'clock in Houston mm-hmm. is a terrible idea anytime that it's going to be ridiculously humid and ridiculously hot. So anytime in Houston, really? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, in uh, getting back to some pretty good news, Crystals FC, which is, uh, you know, Crystals, Tomatoes. <laughs> they managed to pray to their God and raise $7,500 in just three days to head to Chicago to face Chicago FC United in the next round of the U.S. Open Cup. Here are some fun facts about Crystals FC. Mm-hmm. Three of their players have Wikipedia pages. The That's team also has good. their own Wikipedia page, which the only entry really is the 2017 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Uh, they were named after a liquor store. You, you're telling me that we can have Big Top United next year? Please, for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's going to have to be Sid's because like Big Top's going to be... No. No, Big Top's a chain, dude. There are other Big Top's out there. Yeah, but they're also... They also own SIDS, and that's okay. my local liquor store. According to Wikipedia, they only have one jersey. It's a yellow top and a and black shorts. Uh-huh. And their logo looks has five stars, so I don't know what they've won before, but they're very pro- prolific, apparently. Huh. I mean, I, I this is interesting, guys. I mean, they have a... I mean, they made it. They've, they've got a Wikipedia page. They've made it. This is... Uh, I mean, at this point, let's just give them the MLS expansion slot yeah, right now, you know. In Christos... Wherever that city is. Actually, they're in Baltimore, Maryland. So. <laughs> oh, oh no, no. Let's not put an MLS team in Baltimore. <laughs> we just lost all our Baltimore listeners. Thanks. All three of them just left. <laughs> Very quick USL and ASL attendance update. The two leagues are, depending on what you look at, both of them, you could say they're doing better than each other. USL's attendance is better than NASL's if you look at by about 1,000. If you look at the independence only, if you look at... All the USL teams, NASL is 300 higher. NASL teams kind of spaced evenly through the USL uh, independence in terms of attendance. I, I think you, you can't really say that one team, one league is really drawing all that much better, except for the USL kind of uh, those outliers that they've always had. With that, let's move on to a segment we call The Sewer, where we talk about all the Ninja Turtles that the United States has, all of our national teams. First bit of news from the U.S. U-20s. Uh, U.S. U-20s qualify for the knockout round in the U- U-20 World Cup over in South Korea. Uh, they beat Senegal, won nothing. Josh Sargent stored. I'm banned from talking about this, so I'm, yes, I'm just so going to stop. Sh- then they tied Saudi Arabia, uh, Brooks London stored, and then uh, Cameron Tartavitters was sent off. He'll miss their next game. Sounds really bad, but I don't remember who they're playing in the knockout round. Any of you guys know who they're playing? I don't. Top of your head. Can I be unbanned? Because because I no. know this. No. Okay. As yeah, long, it's, yeah. Just, okay. Just, fine. Just, it's New Zealand. Uh, oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we should cool. we should Thanks. win that, right? Right, guys. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Sure. Fight and win. The U.S. men's national team and the U.S. women's national team both announced their rosters for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Men's team notable call-ups included Kellen Acosta, Darlington Nagby, and Dax McCarty. The big question being, Nick Romando is still in the lineup. Why? You call up four goalkeepers. Uh, Tim Howard, uh, Brad, please don't shit my legs, Duzan. Um... Nitromando and Ethan Horvath. Why is Nitromando there? He's third string. He's 39 years old. He's not going to start ever 
again, probably for us, unless it's a friendly. Bring another young U.S. goalkeeper um, up to the national team. Or better yet, just call up literally anyone else because you're already calling up Ethan Horvath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Horvath is your third keeper right now. Just just get over it and call up another, say, attacker whose name... No, um, no, he... Ramirez can stay with us for now. Right now. Yeah, I, I was going to drop that hot take at some point but okay whatever gotta say all of our kind of older steady goalkeepers make me very nervous at this point Howard Gazan and Nick Romando all having serious issues these days Mm -hmm. showing their age I don't think there's an obvious replacement I mean you guys used a few names that have come up and have been given starts but I don't trust any of those guys as much as I used to trust Gazan or Howard in their prime or even Romando in his prime yeah, definitely not. I mean, you're probably looking at who like Bill Hamid, uh, Yarborough for uh, Club Leon and Metrico. Neither of those guys, I would trust in being the, doing the sticks at this point. Yeah, each are capable of ridiculously great saves. Each are also capable of really ridiculous howlers. Yeah, it's. It's 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 a situation that I think needs urgently to be addressed. Timmy Chandler has withdrawn from the team due to a hamstring injury. Hopefully, Benny Failhaber gets called in <laughs> before the game because you know, he wanted want to play SKC. for U.S. Men's National Team. Yes, no other reason. Yes, that's the exact reason. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Brooks is is going to be the highest. He's going to receive. We set that over, Mister Cat. Cool. Jonathan Brooks has been assigned with uh, Wolfsburg of uh, the Bundesliga for a record fee ever paid for an American-born player. Oh, I'm sorry, American player. He wasn't. God damn it. He was born in Germany. So, Tat, <laughs> take three. Gotcha. Martina, cool. Jonathan Brooks to sign with Wolfsburg for a record fee paid for an American international. You're going to have to shell out for Ahi at this point. Yeah, that's Mr. Cat needs a little bit of special yeah. special tuna. We're, we're, yeah. Wait, we're leaving that in? Oh no. Jill Ellis has named a 21 player roster for the US women's national team. A few interesting notes. Mallory Pugh is now in to play her first matches as a professional. Carly Lloyd comes into the roster with 97 career goals and needs just three more to be the sixth player in US history to score 100 goals or more. And you will also find that Carly Lloyd and Alex Morgan both come into the team with European Cups in their trophy locker. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, moving along, let's go into a segment we call The Pub, where we cover the blissfully small amount of EPL covers that we have <laughs> this week. And this week we're going to cover a pub called The World's End. What do we call it? Why are we going to that one, guys? Why? Yeah. It's a great movie by Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, and Nick Fro- Also, because it's the end of this season's English leagues. Really, I, all I, we I, have to talk about is not even the Premier League, only we have to talk about the right. FA Cup, which Arsenal, you know, Johnny come lately has finally got something to be happy about. Yeah. Um, this interminably long Arsenal season finishes out with a win in the FA Cup 2-1 over Chelsea. Um, Alexis Sanchez scores in the fifth minute on... 
a goal that was questionably both a handball and offside. Um, Which it was, both of those. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Let me explain. Um, The handball, as any pro referee would tell you, was (laughs) in a natural position. It it was essentially that it would have bounced into um, Alexis Sanchez's torso had it not hit his arm because he was already jumping up for it. Um, As for the offside... Uh, That would have been on Aaron Ramsey, who... Who ran towards the ball. Ran towards the ball, realized he was offside, stopped running towards the ball, and then got himself out of a screening position before he would have actually been in the view of the goalkeeper. Still think it was offside, but... Wasn't called, so. <laughs> this has been the Reynolds wrap up with Colin. Um, anyway, so um, along with that, Victor Moses got a second yellow with a very awful dive. Um, it would have been worthy of a golden raspberry if they showed that in theaters. Um, Diego Costa leveled up. Arsenal subsequently subbed on Olivier Giroud, who took only 53 seconds to set up a fantastic headed finish by Aaron Ramsey and who oh, sorry go ahead guess what the Ramsey Chris struck again I was gonna say that sorry <laughs> sorry R.I.P. Greg Allman the FA Cup giving enough cover for Arsene Wenger to sign a two-year contract extension. <laughs> I hold that this was the right move Arsenal don't know how good they have it if they don't Two things need to happen. Number one, Arsene Wenger needs to start grooming a successor within the ranks right now. Number two, the fans really need to get off his back. Because trust me, guys, when he leaves, you're going to go into a slump that is unlike any slump you have ever seen before. I'm going to mention this in a second, but to your groom a successor point, um, a lot of signs that I've seen from the Arsenal groups that I follow... Um, Dennis Bergkamp is likely to come back to the club, at least as an academy director. He's, I think, maybe the best choice that they can find for a a successor to Wenger, so long as he can get over his fear of flying. My, my wife is a Chelsea fan, and I mentioned to her that they lost that pickup, and she said something about how she can't, couldn't hear me over the sound of the Premier League Championship. So that was... That was rough. <laughs> Some stuff that got a lot of play on Twitter was the EFL Championship Promotion Playoff where Huddersfield and Reading tied in... Uh, why am I missing the... Normal time normal. plus extra time, 0-0. Zero, zero. Then Huddersfield... Regulation. Tied in regulation. There it went you go. to penalties where Huddersfield won 4-3. Among the celebrations was Patrick Stewart looking very happy. Among the very dejected uh, uncelebrations, <laughs> that's a word, uh, was Danny Williams uh, in tears. Oh, poor Danny uh, Williams. Quick note. Man City had a whole bunch of players leave all at once. Pep Guardiola cleaning house. Among them was Gabriel Jesus, whose uh, departure from the club was met with the best hashtag in the world that's soccer-related. Hashtag thank you, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to a segment they call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we cover the rest of the world's soccer news that we haven't talked about already. Thomas Tuchel has resigned from Borussia Dortmund following a win in the German Cup final. So, Dortmund won 2-1 over Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, Christian Pulisic drew a penalty um, that ended up being the winner. Uh, But despite that, uh, the club and Tuchel apparently had too much of a rift. Um, 
throughout the season they were at odds and then um, the club's response after the uh, bus attack during their uh, Champions League tie against Monaco was apparently not to Tuchel's satisfaction. I'm just going to say this as an Arsenal fan. I remember a couple of years ago when Jurgen Klopp had just resigned from Borussia Dortmund and we were thinking to ourselves, hey, mm-hmm. Arsene Wenger could be leaving at any time and we could end up with Jurgen Klopp. And then he came to Liverpool. And then he came to <laughs> Liverpool. Everything was right with the world. Even after the season started. Yeah. Some news from Mexico. Chivas Guadalajara beat Tigres 4-3 on aggregate to win the Liga MX Clausura. A late penalty, late calls for a penalty to go to Tigres went unheard by the referee. But the real big news from this game was Tigres's Andre Pierre Gignac. Who helped uh, the who helped Tigres level the game two two? Incredible to see this guy play. In fact, there are some people saying that he, including some Shivas people, saying that he's the best player in Liga MX right now. Kind of incredible considering he's thirty one. Was kind of left for dead uh, when he left Marseille in twenty fifteen, and mm-hmm. he's just had such a revival over in Mexico of his career. I can't remember the last time the best player in the Mexican League wasn't Mexican. Right, so that's also huge for. Uh, Some heartwarming news. Chapecoense, just over six months after their very tragic accident, are leading the Brazilian league after their third game. Uh, Keep track of them. It's kind of nice to see them kind of uh, winning some games, doing Mm -hmm. well. I'm going to be a buzzkill. Three games out of 38, and they're the leaders. You know, it's with with the depth of their tragedy. Even being able to start the season strong is is a big deal. You know, who who could not do that? Minnesota. Yeah. Some news for Portugal: Benfica beat Vitória two one, and I'm guessing this is in the cup. Yes. Yes, the Taça de Portugal. Um, the more important thing that we need to be talking about. Holy shit! Did you see that drone guy that flew the match ball out? Oh, I mean Green Goblin. Is that copyrighted? I'm pretty sure that? it was the Green Goblin. <laughs> like, like seriously, I'm. If you look really closely, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Willem Dafoe that you saw in there. <laughs> All right. Well, go watch the video on YouTube. At this point, we really do, unfortunately, have to call a close this episode because we are way too late. We will. You have to save your Hot Fire Reynolds wrap up, which you teased before. For next week, and we the ultimate tease. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you do want to ask Colin what he was going to talk about, you can find him on Twitter at at the attachment. And I'm at K Olson seven sixteen. I'm also a writer at fifty five one. I am at TW United fans. You can also find me doing some cool dark cloud stuff from time to time. You can find this podcast and find podcast providers everywhere. Please tell your friends to listen. We do love having new listeners. With that, we bid you adieu. See you next week. Goodbye.